Welcome to Superior Central Library's podcast, your place for stories, poetry, messages from your teacher, and announcements from your library. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, May 26th, and I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day and were able to stop and, and remember the reason for this holiday and the soldiers that gave their lives to protect our freedoms in our country and how lucky we are to live in America, a land where we can be free and have a three-day weekend. I am so excited for this next couple weeks on the podcast, guys, because... I have talked to authors from all around the Midwest asking their permission to read their books and talking to them a little bit about um, answering some questions for you. So this week on the podcast, I am recording a chapter book. So the episodes will be a little bit longer, um, but you, I will let you know when it's a chapter break so you can pause and go play for a while if you want to kind of break up the podcast. And then at the end of the week, I am going to be getting some answers to your questions for this author. So feel free to send me questions as we go throughout the week. I will introduce you to the book in just a moment. Settle in. It's time to get started. Stolen Treasure at Pictured Rocks by Mary Morgan. Chapter 1 Ben, watch out! yelled Becca Cooper as she watched her normally not-so-clumsy twin brother trip on something sticking up on the beach. No! was all Ben could get out as he felt himself falling face-first in slow motion. What beastly barnacle from a shipwreck washed up on shore and tripped me? he thought as the sand particles got closer. His arms, flapping like wet noodles, were powerless to stop him. He knew the landing was going to be bad. Ben was convinced he would spend the rest of their vacation at Pictured Rocks with his nose in a cast. And with that, his face landed, sinking two inches down into the biggest, grainiest, and hardest sand he had ever seen or felt. Bending over him, Becca wasn't sure if she should laugh or call 911. You okay? Ben started to move. This sand is nasty, he said, jumping up, spitting out a mouthful as he brushed off his clothes. He looked around to see if anyone had seen him make a fool of himself on this, the first day of their camping trip. Without saying another word, he headed down the beach in search of treasure that might have drifted ashore from a shipwreck. His goal was to find something really big and make the headline at the Lansing State Journal newspaper where his father was a reporter. Their mother said he and Becca inherited a nose for the news. But right now, his nose hurt. As the soles of their shoes made fresh impressions in the wet sand, they kept in mind the information the park ranger had given them when they'd registered their camper. Picture of Rocks National Lakeshore is a very special place in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It's a 40-mile-long shoreline that is treated like a national park. It's protected by rangers who work to preserve wildlife, natural habitats, and the environment. Just offshore are many sunken ships, 
and sometimes, during storms, pieces wash up on the beach. Leave them there. Each ship has its own story, and we want to preserve history and nature. If everyone took something from one of these ships, soon there wouldn't be anything left for the visitors to see. Also, don't pick wildflowers, plants, or cut down trees for firewood. We sell firewood in bundles here at the center. Wouldn't it be cool if we found a cannonball or a piece of gold from one of those sunken ships out there? Ben asked. His foot pushed around the object he'd found, only to discover it was an old brown bottle. Disappointed it wasn't anything special, they walked farther down the beach. The wind seemed to blow harder the longer they walked. Becca's ponytail blew in the wind while Ben's cap threatened to blow off into the lake. Both were amazed at how clear the water was. They'd heard Lake Superior is the largest and coldest of the five great lakes, but Ben wanted to test the temperature for himself. Taking off his tennis shoe, he stuck his big toe into the water as a wave came up on shore. Two seconds later, he jerked it back out. Cold, was all he could say as he quickly put his shoe back on. I'm thinking we'll do more hiking than swimming, replied Becca, taking his picture with her new camera. Hey, I think I see something weird up there, Ben shouted as he ran farther along the shore. Oh, it's just a stick with seaweed wrapped around it, his sister said as she caught up with him. She used to be as fast as runner as he was, but lately it seemed he could outrun her wherever they raced. Mom said he was in a growing spurt, and now his legs were longer and faster, or so it seemed. Just then, something caught her eye. Turning her head to the right, she said, Look at the seagulls. They're circling around that tree up there. I wonder why. Let's go look, Ben said as he started to climb a sand dune. He never climbed a dune before, so he didn't realize that, as he took a step forward, he also slipped down. Grabbing a handful of tall grass, he caught himself and moved upward. Becca managed to reach the top at the same time he did. Maybe girls are better sand dune climbers than boys, she thought. Surprising both of them, a wild animal stuck its head out between two bushes. As quickly as it appeared, it scooted back out of sight into the bushes. What was that? Ben asked. I'm not sure, but it had a long tail, Becca said. I tried to get a picture of it, but it was too fast for me. Maybe we should head back to the camper. My stomach's growling. Ben got the feeling Becca didn't want to be too far from their parents if a wild animal was nearby. Forgetting the seagulls overhead, they turned back toward Lake Superior. Sliding down the sand dune was a lot easier than going up, and soon they were back at the water's edge. For as far as they could see, nothing on the beach looked like part of a ship. How far out do you think the sunken ships are? Ben asked. I don't know, but Mom said we're going on a boat tour tomorrow. We can get a good look at the sunken ships then. They walked along the shore looking for something interesting to take a picture of. Stand still. I'll take your picture by that seaweed stick, Becca said as they walked by the stick again. Maybe it's from a 200-year-old tree from that island over there. In the distance, a freighter sailed east on its way to Lake Michigan or Lake Huron. It looked to be the size of a toy boat, but it was probably longer than a football field.
Ben wondered what it would have been like being a sailor long ago, crossing the waters of the Great Lakes in a storm. He'd heard of the rough waves, cold weather, and dark nights. He was looking forward to tomorrow's boat trip. He wanted to see what lay beneath the surface of the lake. Ooh, binoculars. He must not forget to take his binoculars. Ben! Becca! A familiar voice called their names. There's someone I'd like you to meet. Chapter 2 Racing towards their father, Ben and Becca saw two people with them. Ben, Becca, I'd like you to meet Mr. Hartley and his son Eli. Noticing Eli was just about their height, Ben guessed he had to be about their age. He had sandy blonde hair with freckles on his cheeks. Hi, all three said at the same time. Eli and his dad are here on a kayaking trip and would have a tent right next to our camper. We thought you three would have fun together. We invited them to eat dinner with us. How about a hot dog and s'mores in five minutes? Ben didn't need any coaxing, so ran ahead to see if the campfire was ready. His stomach was growling. Hot dogs are my favorite. I think I could eat three tonight, he announced as he ran up to their campsite. That must have been some hike you took at the beach if you came back that hungry, said his mother, putting the ketchup and the mustard on the picnic table. Can I have my some more first? asked Becca as she picked up the package of chocolate bars. In your dreams, my dear girl, was all her mother had to say. Becca loved chocolate and cooking marshmallows on a stick, so putting them together on graham crackers made s'mores one of her favorite all-time foods. She couldn't wait till she could have one. Okay, everyone, grab a stick and put on a hot dog on it, Dad said as he ripped open the package. While eating with Eli and his dad, Ben's family learned about them. They were from Diamonddale, a town near Lansing, and they often canoed on the Grand River. Kayaking sounded like fun, so they decided to try it on Lake Superior, even going into the caves under the cliffs at Pictured Rocks. They had reserved a kayak in Munising. Mr. Hartley gave some of the history of the area. Pictured Rocks got its name because of the cliff and the rocks looked like they were painted by an artist for a picture. The sandstone cliffs have several shades of brown and tan and rise 200 feet above the lake. Believe me, the lakeshore is very protected. Eli learned a good lesson several years ago when he picked his mother a handful of daisies. A ranger saw them on our table and gave us a good warning. Eli had an embarrassed grin on his face. Ben and Becca would remember that rule for sure. Mr. Hartley continued talking. Behind the lakeshore and the cliffs are several waterfalls, miles of hiking trails, and a famous logging slide at a sand dune. A logging slide? Ben asked. Over a hundred years ago, the land above the cliffs was full of pine trees, which were cut down for houses and stores. The lumberjacks had to get them to the sawmills to cut the boards. The fastest way was to slide them down the sand dune into the water. Men on rafts would float the logs into a barge, where they would be taken to the sawmill in Munising. I was planning on taking Eli there this week. If you want, your family could join us. Turning to his parents, Ben asked, That sounds awesome. Can we go? Sure replied his father. We want to see places like that while we are here. I will warn you, 
It is 300 feet above the lake and can be dangerous for anyone who gets too close to the sliding area. Many who have fallen over the edge slid straight down into Lake Superior and had to be rescued back to safety. I once heard they had to send in Coast Guard helicopters and park rangers and boats just to get the people. Three pairs of eyes got even bigger when their imaginations ran wild just thinking about it. Ben and Becca remembered what it took to climb a dune which was 10 feet high. Falling 300 feet? Well, that would make the headline in any newspaper. And now, before the fire goes out, we need to get some marshmallows roasting to make our s'mores, said Dad as Mom opened the bag. Becca was the first to shove two plop globs of white sugary goodness onto her skewer. She knelt down close to the campfire's dying embers, turning the marshmallows so they didn't burn. Soon, they were golden brown. Walking over to the table, she popped one of the marshmallows into her mouth and exhaled a hot breath. Hot! Oh, but so good! She blew out through her lips. With her fingertips, she took the other marshmallow off the skewer and put it on the graham cracker. Stacking half a chocolate bar on top and topping it with a second graham cracker, she gave a quick squish and then took her first bite. Yummy! Just as good as I remembered them. Ben and Eli didn't wait long to make their s'mores either. Being boys, they devoured one and moved right back to the fire with more marshmallows on their skewers. What a good way to end our first day, Ben said after eating two of them. Traces of chocolate and gooey marshmallow lined his lips. But in the darkness, no one could tell. The guy could learn to like this kind of life, he thought to himself as he stared into the fire. It's been fun. And now it's time to call it a night, Mr. Hartley said as he stood up. Eli and I have a couple, have a date with a kayak tomorrow morning. There are a couple caves we want to explore. What's your family doing? We're going on a boat tour around Pictured Rock and up along the lakeshore, Mom said. We want to see the sunken ships and hear what happened to them. Maybe we'll see you two paddling in or out of the caves as we pass by. Mom liked to plan each day's events. Ben and Becca didn't mind because it was usually adventurous and never boring. Her motto was, an active family is a happy family. And with that in mind, I think it's time we pour water on the fire and... Dad's voice was hushed by a howling sound coming from the nearby woods. Goosebumps crept up everybody's spine. Chapter 3. What's that? questioned Becca as she stepped closer to her father. Darkness was coming over them, and the orange glow of the campfire was the only light they had. Ben ran for a flashlight. My best guess, Dad replied, is that it's a coyote or a timber wolf. They usually don't bother people, but they howl at night at the night sounds. His voice was reassuring, so they felt a lot safer. She wondered if it was a wolf or a coyote that they saw run off into the bushes that afternoon. Back with a flashlight, Ben asked, Do wolves or coyotes have long tails? We saw something with a long tail when we were up at the trail this afternoon. It may have been a red fox going for a, to the lake for an afternoon drink, suggested Mr. Hartley. Can you describe his tail? 
As they were trying to remember the color of the tail, a man with a flashlight came walking towards their campsite. It was so dark, his light almost looked like a spotlight. As he got closer, they saw his official-looking hat and realized he was a park ranger. He shone his flashlight around the area, checking for safety violations. Good evening, folks. Enjoying your campfire? We sure are, answered Dad. In fact, we are discussing plans for tomorrow. Our friends are going kayaking under the cliffs, and we're taking a boat tour, and then maybe a hike on one of the trails. May I suggest at some point this week you head down the path over there to the Osopo Lighthouse? It's an easy walk. The guide will give you a tour up to the top where you'll have a great view of the lake and sunken ships nearby. Another suggestion is to drive over to Miner's Castle and hike up to the Overlook. But before you go anywhere in the park, stop at the Visitor Center and get three copies of the Junior Ranger books. Eli's ears perked up. Junior Ranger books? At each national park, boys and girls can get a booklet with activities to do while they're there. They learn how to preserve nature for others to enjoy and observe birds and animals, and can work on projects that help them learn about the park. When they finish doing everything, they can take it back to the visitor center and have a park ranger sign and stamp it with an official stamp. It's a good adventure for them. Can we do it? asked Becca, turning towards her parents. I think it would be fun. Can we have our picture taken with a ranger? Oh, brother, moaned Ben, looking at Eli. She likes to have a picture taken with everybody. Last summer, she went up to a perfectly good stranger. But at that moment, the howling started again, stopping Ben in mid-sentence. This time, the noise sounded a lot closer. Hmm, that sounds like a wolf, said the ranger. I wouldn't be too concerned, as wolves usually leave campsites alone. But there are black bears here in the UP. Keep all food and garbage contained and be on guard. And don't do anything crazy if one comes near. This afternoon we saw an animal with a real long tail, Ben said. Do you know what that could be? Did it look like a house cat? I'm not sure. Is there another animal that looks like a cat? Yes. It's called an American Martin. It has a body the size of a cat, and it swings from tree to tree, and it eats all kinds of insects and frogs. But it's fond of red squirrels. We don't see them too often, but they're very entertaining when we do. Keep your eyes open for one and watch what it does, the ranger said. Turning to Becca, he said, Now that's a picture you'll want to get. Looking at their fire one last time before leaving, the ranger added, Please put out your fire completely. Fire danger is high this time of year, so we have to be careful of every spark. With that last bit of advice, he was gone, shining his light towards the next campsite. Chapter 4 Morning dawned with a beautiful sunrise. Mr. and Mrs. Cooper woke to the mournful call of loons out on Lake Superior. Chipmunks chattered as they chased each other around the campsite. Ben and Becca slept while their parents got up. Wanting to get an early start on the day, Ben began to cook the bacon. Knowing how much his family liked it, he had put the whole package into the pan. It didn't take long for the aroma of sizzling bacon to drift into the camper and up Ben's nostrils. Food. He loved food, especially first thing in the morning. 
Becca heard Ben's feet hit the floor and got a whiff of the delicious smell of bacon, too. Her dad always cooked it until it was just the way she liked it, extra crispy. She knew she had better get up fast if she wanted any. Ben could finish off a plate of bacon in no time if no one stopped him. Ben, Becca, wake up, called their mother. The bacon is done cooking. Dad's about to scramble some eggs. Come and get it. Both dashed out the door of the camper, making a beeline for the table. Bacon and eggs are the best breakfast ever, Ben said, sitting down at the picnic table. As they ate, Ben and Becca talked about the plan for the day with their parents. They had a feeling this was going to be a vacation filled with adventure. First, they would go into town and take the shipwreck tour. Following that, they would go to the visitor center at the park to get their junior ranger books so they could work on them all week. They were just about done eating when Eli and Mr. Hartley unzipped their tent and walked toward their own picnic table with a box of cereal and bowls in their hands. They were dressed and appeared ready to go kayaking. They could hear Mr. Hartley quizzing Eli on kayak safety and the route they would take once they were in the water. We'll leave from Munising and paddle east towards Pictured Rocks and go under the cliffs at Miner's Castle to check out the caverns and streams. Eli had had four years of swimming lessons and two years of canoeing with his father, so he felt he could handle kayak safety. They were renting it for four days and planned to explore, explore the whole lakeshore and paddle around nearby Grand Island, too. Can I go out in your kayak with you this week? Ben called over to them. He'd never been in a kayak and wanted to try paddling one. Maybe Eli and his father could give him pointers on how to keep from rolling over into the shocking cold water. I think that could be arranged, Mr. Hartley offered. Cool, he said, jumping up from the table to go get dressed. This was going to be a perfect day. Thirty minutes later, Mom declared, I think we have everything we need. She put her their lunch and four water bottles into a cooler. Climbing into the car, she set a can of bug spray on the seat beside her. Black flies could be a nuisance, and she wanted to be prepared in case they started biting. Becca, with her camera strap hanging around her neck, buckled her seatbelt, and just as Dad started to move forward, Ben called out, Stop the car! That is all for today, guys. I hope you have enjoyed the first few chapters of Stolen Treasure at Pictured Rocks by Mary Morgan, one of the National Park Mystery Series books. Maybe some of the things that Ben and Becca are doing sound familiar to you. Maybe you've done them in Munising. If not, this summer might be a good chance for you to do some exploring outdoors like the kids are doing in the story. I'll be back tomorrow with more. Have a great day.